Hey everybody and welcome to episode 14 of the Mr. Baby Podcast. It's been a couple weeks, uh, my apologies, I forgot to produce. Uh, so this this episode, uh, uh, we've been excited to put out, it's a friend of ours, Charlie, who is a co-founder of Bao Pals. Um, for all of you in China, uh, if you don't know Bao Pals, you should definitely check it out, B-A-O-P-A-L-S.com. Uh, they've basically taken Taobao, which for a lot of people here is a hurdle to get over, and created an English English version of that. Uh, so you can now uh, introduce yourself to the wonder of Taobao. Um, so Charlie's been here a few years and started Bao Pals a couple years ago. Uh, so he talks about uh, coming to China with some hopes of riding a horse across Mongolia, um, couple of businesses he started here one out of his apart out of his apartment that was pretty interesting and then uh finally taking the leap to start something uh, a bit bigger uh which was bow pals and uh how it's gone so far and what the future holds uh i guess he plans to eventually take over the world but he'll talk a little bit about that as well as uh you know some accidents he's had here in shanghai you'll get to that uh, and always remember, if you like the episode, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, give us a like, a rating, uh, and subscribe. And uh, without further ado, here's Bow Pals co-founder, Charlie Erickson. Alright, so we are here with Charlie, and uh, I actually always forget this, so... Because you are one of the few people that has a business and promotion, <laughs> I'm going to have you start by promoting your company, just where people can actually get to you, and then we'll get into it more later. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, so I started a company about uh, a year and a half ago. No. It's called Balpals. So you can visit at balpals.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, the company is, in a nutshell, Tabo and Tmall for expats. Yeah. Um, and I started it just because I've been living in China for... God, it's been like five years now, and <clears throat> and I've never been able to shop on Taobao and Tmall until I built <laughs> built my own business yeah. to do it. So it was really just to solve my own problem. There's been several anything. several companies that started like yeah. that. Just uh, you know, the company I used to work for, we used to call it a million dollar playlist for my boss because it was mm-hmm. like audio aggregation. <laughs> and we're like, are you the only customer? <laughs> uh, cool. So it's just BowPals.com. Yep. All right. So check that out. Um, so, I guess we'll start how we always start, which is, Charlie, you can give us a 60-second life story. 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's always hard for me to talk about. I think for anybody that's uh, from two places, it's always a little bit difficult to say where you're from. But mm-hmm. I always say Tennessee. Because I was born in California, and I lived there for 10 years, close to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I also moved to Taiwan, or my parents moved to Taiwan when I was very young. So, I lived okay. in Taiwan for a couple of years. So technically, my first language was Chinese, actually, because that's really? where I was there when I was like one or two. Um, first language was Chinese. First language still was Chinese. <laughs> exactly. It's it's embarrassing. And but uh, I I moved to Tennessee when I was ten. Okay, so, oh. all right, let me try to make it a little faster. No. <laughs> um, so yeah. how, wait, how long were you in California for? 
California. You were very little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was born there, and I moved to Taiwan when I was like one or two. Oh, okay. And then uh, I ended up in uh, in Tennessee when I was ten, and that yeah. was really my formative years. So yeah, I lived out in the countryside, and uh, I never really dreamed of getting outside of Tennessee. I'm a very mm-hmm. country boy. I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, but uh, I, I was doing some work after I graduated university on uh, on my neighbor's farm, and he was a used to be an airline pilot for American Airlines. So he paid me with a, a free first class ticket anywhere in the world. Whoa! So I was like, <laughs> okay, cool, that's awesome. So it's I just a pretty good, a pretty good gig. <laughs> yeah, for for him it was just it was a free standby ticket. So. Yeah. I was like, sure. So I just. How old were you at this time? Sorry. I was uh, just graduated university, so I was oh, okay. 22, I think. So that's like a great time to get a ticket to yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not perfect. like you're 13 and it's wasted. Like. Yeah. So I, I just hopped on a plane and uh, I showed up to Shanghai because uh, I was thinking, I, I'm half Chinese. My mom was from Taiwan. I know the language a little bit. And yeah. I studied economics and I was just hearing about how China was taking over the world. And I'm mm. like, well, if it's taking over the world. I should be there so I could be part of this world takeover. I yeah. want to be on the right side of the, the fence. And so, yeah, I hopped over here, and then basically the rest is kind of history. You know, I just did a bunch of weird jobs when I first came to, to China and couldn't really figure my life out until I started Bao Pals. Mm-hmm. So three years of just doing all sorts of things. You know? What was your life like in Tennessee? Obviously, you're very rural. I yeah, guess. yeah, very rural. So my, my town has about 40 people. Forty people. Yeah, yeah, so it's really, really small. Jesus. Um, and BBC actually just did a story about the the, the town I went to high school in uh, <laughs> as being the 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 poorest and basically worst place in America. What? So, yeah. Oh my god. It's pretty pretty cool. So it's insane. But, so, but that, so getting out is even a bigger like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Most people in my town rarely get out of Tennessee. Yeah. I feel quite lucky, but I, I was I was different because I, I lived in California when I was young. Yeah. My mom was from Taiwan, so yeah. Even just having like I feel international. I mean anything. Like even if you were very young, you're mm-hmm. already like above most people in terms of like yeah. It was maybe experience. a little bit more culturally enlightened yeah. in that sense. Yeah, that's true. It's easier. And then you went to university in Tennessee as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't didn't stray too far. Yeah, yeah. My dad actually, he was saying like you have to apply to different universities. Yeah. And so I, he said you have to go out of state to apply to out of state university. I applied to University of Alaska Fairbanks just out of kind of mm-hmm. like okay, I'm going to go somewhere and go real go far. Real far. <laughs> yeah, but I decided to stay close because all my friends were there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was kind of similar. Way. I I wasn't too close. I'm originally from New Jersey. Went to school in Baltimore, but uh, I remember like. My mom was like, do you want to apply for, like, Georgia? Because Savannah has a really nice art school. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going that far away. What are you, crazy? Like, <laughs> I don't think I applied anywhere without a, out of driving distance. Like, mm. six, seven hours. Um, so you've been in China pretty much your entire adult. Yeah, I would say, I, yeah, pretty much. Um, the only place where I've ever had any, you know, working experience, been an adult, mm-hmm. has been in China. Um but yeah, so it's hard for me to compare to what it would, would have been like in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. But where I am now, I definitely feel like I, I made the right decision coming out here. I mean, if people ask, like, I, I guess everybody has their own story about why they come to China. Yeah. But I think for most people, it's it's opportunity, right? You, you well, that's a, a funny thing we've hit a couple times, which still kind of blows my mind. Is like we've had several people who are like, we just wanted to leave like the U.S. or wherever it was, Europe. Mm. Like, I just wanted to go live abroad. So we chose China. I was like, you just chose China? Like, China has never been on my radar, mm. ever. Like, I can get it for business, because yeah. it is kind of like, 
if you're going to go to a really foreign business place, like, I guess China's like high on that list. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it was the same thing, actually. The, I, I had no desire to go to China or learn Chinese other than yeah. the fact my mom was from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom always kind of bitched at me all the time for not being able to speak Chinese that yeah. well. Uh, I, I studied French and German and I spoke some Spanish. Yeah. And I studied abroad in Switzerland. I lived in Europe for a couple of years okay. uh, before this. So I did travel in, my, mm-hmm. in university, but I just never wanted to go to China. Yeah. I, I never thought it was really the place to be. And then I was just thinking, you know, China is, you, you can't deny China's prominence anymore. Yeah. Um, so from the business perspective, I was thinking like it makes sense. I have this huge leg up that I speak Chinese all right, you know, with my yeah. with my mother. I should take advantage of this. And also, I realized, well, my mother's English surprisingly isn't that great mm-hmm. because my my dad is a translator from Chinese English, so okay. he speaks Chinese fluently. So yeah. both my parents are always so speaking Chinese. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of realized, sort of, toward when I grew up, I've always been able to communicate well with my mother. I think. Mm. Everybody does. You just yeah. have your own way of communicating. Yeah. Um, but I just realized I don't really speak her language. She speaks to me in Chinese, and I usually speak to her in English. Yeah. And then there's you just have sort of a bastardized form of communication. You were real comfortable when you came here until you had <laughs> 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 to speak to other Chinese people. Right. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> and that was one of the... Actually, I'd say that would be one of the, the big reasons why I came to China was for my mother. Mm-hmm. Was to be like, okay, I think it's it's my filial duty, yeah. uh, you know, as a, as as her son, I should be able to speak her language yeah. and understand her well. And I've been here five years, and I think my Chinese has gotten worse. Really? So yeah, it's uh, I, and it's a trap that I think a lot of expats fall into. Mm. Everybody comes here and says, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn Chinese, I'm gonna be fluent. Uh-huh. Three months later, people have given up. I feel like. Yeah, so. well, that's uh, Beryl who couldn't join us today, but she originally came here for school to study. Mm. She had uh, it's a like a full ride scholarship Confucian Institute does. Mm. So she got a year of free like full ride Chinese uh, at in Nanjing. So like studied there, then studied here for a semester, then start working. So like was very good at Chinese, but then start working for an expat company mm. and for like I guess a year or two just like very little Chinese <laughs> she yeah, changed companies yeah. to a Chinese company it was like oh my god <laughs> I've forgotten so much of it like yeah. so yeah I mean it's, it's natural when you're an expat to always gravitate to people that are that speak similar language and yeah. a similar culture um, and I think that's extra pronounced in China because yeah. the culture difference is so vast so vast so, and there's a, I mean quite a lot of expats in right in, in Shanghai it's yeah exactly to like avoid it yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're a bit of a weirdo if you're yeah. one of those expats that don't but, hang yeah. out with other yeah. expats. I briefly so. lived in Japan, and that was one of the biggest differences in terms of, like, living community-wise. Mm-hmm. Is like, over there, there's tons of expats in Tokyo, but there isn't really an expat community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lot of students or business people, but they befriend Japanese, and they're always with Japanese, whereas, like, here... There's expat-run businesses. There's expat-run restaurants. Right, there's yeah. expat-run bars. So you can like literally go your whole career in Shanghai, never learn Chinese, like never befriend any Chinese. Yeah, like it's yeah. like you can be very if you choose to like bubbled off. Right, like, right. You know, yeah. We call it the like, the, the expat bubble. Yeah, like right, the expat yeah, bubble, yeah. and even a little bit of like Peter Pan syndrome, yeah. where it's just like mm. you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I think it's. It's hard not to be part of that bubble yeah. as an expat in, in Shanghai. Yeah. But at the same time, I love it. And that's why, you know, my, my business is what it is. Yeah. 
is the fact that people refuse to learn Chinese. That's why yeah. <laughs> I'm able yeah, to create Baobab. Is, you know? is it hard to... Do you have, I would assume, Chinese employees? Yeah, yeah. Some? Right Yeah, right now we have... Uh, I'd say we have more Chinese employees than foreign employees. Yeah. So we have, do, you, do you start to feel guilty if you can't speak to them that well in Chinese? Uh, not or, anymore. Or is it like you know what you signed up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, now, now it's fine. I mean, my I, my spoken Chinese is all right. Yeah. It's just my my reading You're and reading, writing yeah. is is pretty abysmal. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, it helps being the boss. I yeah. guess. <laughs> and then they, yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah, right? <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm still yeah. caught up on this forty person Tennessee city. How yeah. did, do you know how your parents ended up there? Yeah, I mean, my my dad's always been kind of Amish at heart. Okay. Uh, so even though he's he was born in Berkeley, and I uh-huh. lived in the Bay Area temporarily, and then lived in yeah. San Diego for a little while, we moved from San Diego mm-hmm. to Tennessee. Um, uh, my dad's always, I think, what, even when we were living in the city in San Diego, mm-hmm. he had a we built a chicken coop in the back of our. He grew up in Berkeley. Like he grew up in Berkeley. Yeah. yeah, he grew up in Berkeley, and then was doing his PhD in, in yeah. San Diego. Um, and we, we had, like, chickens, the only yeah. person, family in the whole neighborhood. You guys were way ahead of the curve. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Everyone else thought we were crazy. But my dad was always kind of that, that, that person. He yeah. always liked to build things and be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when when he was when we were, when I was just 10 years old, he was like, we're moving to Tennessee. We, I remember us flying out to Tennessee and Kentucky looking for places oh, because yeah. property is insanely cheap. Oh, sure. Itself. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah, we, we have a, a very large house, uh, you know, two two stories plus a, yeah. an attic plus a full size yeah. basement. House. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and ten acres, and I think the thing was like eighty thousand oh, dollars. Sure. Right. It, it was insane. And so, and the best part about it was, is in the middle of nowhere. The best part for my for my father. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. So, for some people, that might be the best part. Uh, he he went full Amish in the beginning. Uh, the the land was all wooded yeah. when we first got there, and he was like. We're going to do it like our ancestors did it, you know. We don't need chainsaws. We got... So we, we he started... Really wanted to prove it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I liked it. The, yeah. I liked my, my upbringing. And we, we started off clearing the land with, do you know two-man saws? Yeah. So that's what we used when I was like 10 to 15. Oh we had two-man saws, axes and bow saws, and do land oh, clearing, shit. you know. Um, but yeah, that that was all just... And I, I think that part of that working with my hands and... Just learning how to work hard mm-hmm. has helped me a lot, though. To I can see that. I, I mean, so like... yeah. I always thought that I am definitely not that much, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy fixing things. Yeah. Like, I'm not great at it, but I'll, at least I'll try. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people, adults, that I run into that are like, the toilet's broken. Yeah, it's right. Like, did you plunge it? It's like, <laughs> no, I called a guy. Right, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh my God. Or like, yeah. did you open the top? It's yeah. like, they probably don't even know the top opens. Like, people yeah. are just so quick to like, not even try. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, I just thought, so it was very recently, uh, so I grew up in suburbs. It's just like, you know, your traditional suburb. But my mm-hmm. dad is from Pennsylvania in a bit of a rural area. And my mm-hmm. mom is from Queens, New York. Okay. So like the opposite. Right. And like, they would always get in fights of like, my dad would be redoing the driveway or some like huge project that would take too long. Mm-hmm. And she's like, can we just call a guy? And he'd be like, Sean, your mom doesn't understand. In the real world, people do things themselves. You don't just call a guy. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Just, I guess it's also part of just the being a man. Yeah, like this like, forever struggle of like, yeah. I grew up in rural. Yeah. We did things versus I grew up in the city. We called somebody. The, the, yeah, there's definitely a, a bit of a, pr- a pride from 
mm-hmm. being from Tennessee or, or the south of the mm-hmm. country. And I think really that comes down to just... I never had that pride back in Tennessee, obviously. Yeah. But, um, and I think the reason is just scarcity. Now mm-hmm. I'm, it's such an abnormal thing yeah. to How meet somebody. How many people do you know sawed down a tree ever in there? Yeah, lives? yeah, exactly. And I, I thought this was very mundane work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People are like, oh my God, I've never even seen a saw in my These life. These weird chores. Like, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's what I did. Split yeah. firewood and cut Beat down trees. Cut down trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it strange now going back? Are they, They're still there? Yeah, they're still yeah. there. Um, the farm has definitely shrunk because now that my, me and my brother and my sister are gone, they're mm-hmm. not able to take care of it as well. Yeah. Um, was it a full, like, functional farm? It was It was a hobby farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So we had, like, pigs, uh, we had a donkey, goats, oh chickens, turkeys, and, uh, you know, vegetables, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, wait, 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 sorry, what was the original question? The When you, when you go back when I go now, back, oh, yeah, yeah, after yeah. living in Shanghai. Uh, yeah, for sure. It did. It's it's super weird. Yeah. Was your was your university in a, like at least a college city or like Yeah, the city still was rural? still rural, but the city had about like 200,000 people, okay. you know. So it yeah. was the University of Tennessee is quite a large oh, school. Okay. Um but it was it still felt very country. Yeah. You know, the the people were yeah. a lot of them were <laughs> similar people. I um, mean, now yeah, it's it's really weird going back. I I enjoy it, but it's it's too quiet for me now. Yeah. I, I I need the distraction and the noise. It's hard for me to cut loose. And mm-hmm. I always say when I'm in Shanghai that like I can't wait to to get out of here and just shut everything off. As soon as I shut everything off, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> yeah. I turn it back on. Um, and so that that's kind of the feeling I get. And yeah. Like the city white noise machine. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely something. Yeah. <laughs> that's creepy. Uh, so then, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I always like... I kind of like nature, but kind of like sometimes like I would go crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean the, the the woods are nice, but you understand why people build houses in cities because it's it's a lot of comfort in that. Yeah, people aren't homeless. People sleep outside. Well, that, <laughs> I mean, like, even just uh, I mean traveling, you know, I wouldn't travel a lot, but like driving through like those kind of rural areas like uh, upstate New York and like Pennsylvania, there's these areas where it's like you see a house. Mm. And then you don't see another house for like 10, 15 miles. And I always think like, what is it like to live in these areas where like your yeah. neighbors are literally like a 20 minute drive? Like, yeah. It's yeah. For like, me, just going to, I to go to high school, yeah. I had to drive, you know, to a, a different county in yeah. a different time zone even. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I would wake up to, to go to school I would leave for school at around 825 mm-hmm. and I would get there at 755. I was gonna say, so, do you get the extra hour? Yeah, I gotta go back in time, but of course, I lose an hour whenever yeah. I go back home. So, but yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting. Yeah. But the thing is, you, you that's just that was just life, you know. That's like, yeah, it you is. probably don't even notice it, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, I even. I mean, I guess we always had, you know, growing up, groceries that sort of thing. Especially when we got cars, you could drive. But like nowadays, I've become so spoiled. Like especially when I was back in New York. We have like a twenty four hour bodega on the corner. Mm-hmm. If it's like ten PM and you want to drink, we just go there mm-hmm. and then I'll be home and it's just like, What do you do after nine PM if you want food? Yeah. Everything's closed. <laughs> and what if you forgot to buy food? Like I just picture those like like your house, it's just like you better remember to buy groceries. Right, right. Like you can't just run to the store. Like, yeah, you quickly feel entitled to all these things mm-hmm. and you go back and you're like, What is this Soviet Russia man? <laughs> yeah. like, this is crazy. I had that same feeling yeah, like I said, I lived in Europe for mm-hmm. a couple of years. This is when uh, I was like a sophomore in yeah. university. 
Um, I was in Switzerland and I traveled. I worked in Norway, Norway for a little while. Um, and uh, I was just amazed about the amount of people and the choices and like being able to go out to bars and yeah. all this was just amazing. And I just remember it was this high point in my life. And I went back to, to Europe uh, three years ago with mm-hmm. my, my buddy, actually my co-founder. Um, and... And I was just talking about, like, this place is going to blow your socks off, man. This way you get there. And I just got there. And I'm like, this Paris is, so, is lame, man. Paris is... <laughs> it's so romanticized yeah, when you first went there, yeah. I was like, it was just so shitty. It was just like, we can't even find a place to go out at one, uh, you know, <laughs> one in the morning, two in the yeah. morning. Whereas in Shanghai, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to party at my yeah. local family mart for four hours. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is. Happens. It's interesting. Some cities, even if they're big cities, like, mm. I, I mean, the stuff is there but it's like not as easy like you really have to like know it or find it like i lived in the bay area briefly Mm. and again coming from new york and then i was living in tokyo for a minute it's just like the main city at least where i was in san francisco because of the trains shutting down at like 10 or 11 Mm. the amount of even restaurants that are like open past nine is like minuscule it's like yeah it's like what like Come from New York where it's like every restaurant is at least open until 10 or 11. And it's just like, yeah, how do people weird. do things? But. So you came to Shanghai. How long before you started your company? I mean, it seems like it must have been fairly... Yeah, no, I... Uh, so when I first came here, I told myself, okay, I, I didn't have a plan. I didn't mm-hmm. have a visa. I didn't... I had a tourist visa. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a job lined up. I just knew, like, okay, I got this ticket. Yeah. Shanghai seemed... Shanghai wasn't actually... was just my entry point. Mm-hmm. I was planning... The original plan was, I'm going to go to China, find something, make a lot of money in one year, <laughs> and then I was going to get a horse in Mongolia and try to travel from horseback from Mongolia all the way to Turkey. So, try to, right there, that sounds ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you mentioning your upbringing, like, maybe not so ridiculous. Right, yeah. like, like, when someone says, I was going to then find a horse, <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I always kind of liked the ad- adventures and yeah. just, uh, I, I would most, in the summers in Tennessee, I would spend half the time just outside camping, yeah. you know, to, I, I built a, a raft when I was living in Tennessee with, with my friends out mm-hmm. of bamboo from our, yeah. our yard and floated down the river for a couple of days just so exploring. You're Sawyer, right? I, 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 I was <laughs> living on from the that 50s, high. we got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was I was thinking like, yeah, I, I don't know, I think I romanticized it a lot too. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be so cool? I mean, it just sounds cool, right? Yeah. Going on horseback from uh, Mongolia, the, the footsteps of Genghis Khan, basically. <laughs> and, and I was, that was my plan. I started doing some research on it and somebody mm-hmm. actually did it, but it took them three and a half years yeah. and it was a horrible journey. He was talking about how he basically got, almost got killed by like, you know, marauders in you know, oh, Kazakhstan and like, uh, having to cut the throat of his horse and drink its blood to stay alive. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is, this is not for me, you know? So. It's like the first week was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that, that was my, my original plan. Yeah. Um, uh, nothing went according to plan. I showed up here, I had about a thousand dollars saved up, um, and I was staying in a hostel for a couple of weeks, yeah. and it was amazing being in, in Shanghai. I was like, "This place is awesome." Yeah. I was getting drunk on Baijiu, going out, and then very quickly at the end of like uh, the first month of me staying in this yeah. hostel, and actually I stayed in a hostel for two or three weeks, and then found a a couch that I mm-hmm. was renting out. Um, 
uh, I, I burned through my what little money I yeah. had, um, and then I was picking up some jobs tutoring English, and that, that's a very easy thing that everyone yeah. does. I think in the beginning, um, and it I'm was sorry, all right. I, most people have the big dreams of yeah. eventually I will do like right. I, I think I had these delusions of grandeur that I could just walk in and be like, okay, I'm a foreigner and I speak some Chinese. Yeah. Give me a good job and a lot of money. You're like five, ten years too late. Yeah. When my girlfriend was in Nanjing at school, she would always like message me and be like, "Oh, this girl I know and like this other guy, like they're just white and they got hired to just be like models at a fake house opening, right? Like a thousand dollars. It's like, oh, good. So if my if I fail at finding a job, I'll just <laughs> I do can, that. Yeah, right. like, I, yeah, it doesn't work in Shanghai like that. Yeah, There's no, too many white doesn't. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that's good, right? Yeah. It doesn't give you this this false uh, perception of reality. Yeah. You're not actually a model or a superstar <laughs> in these other cities. Um, but yeah, I, I, I eventually, I was too got enough tutoring work to support myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing sales for like a, a Chinese company. I was just calling up like uh, companies in, or, or retailers in mm-hmm. Europe and the U.S. Basically, I'd just be like, hello, is this Walmart? Do you guys want to buy 10 million belts? And they'd be like, who the hell are you? No, no. And so <laughs> just I, I distributing, never... distributing. Yeah, yeah distributing. And, you know, I did I just cold calling for so long. And I That's got no sales. <laughs> Very depressing. And then I, I, I did some shady finance jobs as well. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I was doing binary options trading for not really binary options trading, basically selling a platform to trade on. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, we would just basically you just lie to people, you yeah. scam people. You'd be That's like, hard. "Hey, we figured out how to you know read these candlesticks and these trends," <laughs> and you just we have a ninety eight percent strike rate. You know, you're going to make loads of money. Yeah. Um, and I knew it was shady because the first day that I got into that job, they said, "Okay, you need to make create three Skype accounts." Two of them need to be female. You two oh, get the pictures God. on LinkedIn. So I was just basically on Skype being like, hey, yeah. baby, you want to – I'm this hot independent trader from California. Yeah. You want to – and yeah, I thought it was kind of cool to be part of this essentially yeah. a scam. And I quickly realized uh, this is too immoral even for yeah. me. And I don't want to – You kind of go through that where it's like – Yeah. But I have to. I got to yeah. <laughs> And then the, the other guys I was working with and the guy that was leading the whole thing, the way they justified it was like these people want to gamble in binary options yeah. regardless. So might as well take the money from them. I'm like, well, that's still, <laughs> that's still stealing, it's right? Still it's, sketchy, like, yeah. it's like there's robbers in the world. Was that expats well or Chinese? It was expats. Expats. Uh, yeah. So they, they had an expat crew and a Chinese crew. Mm-hmm. The Chinese crew did something a little bit different. But, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, but then uh, I, I was getting ready to... Uh, to give up on China yeah. after my first year because I was doing all these different jobs. I wasn't making it in business or in yeah. finance. I was thinking I wanted to do finance because I studied economics mm-hmm. and math. And uh, yeah. I was like, just, I think when you're out of college, you just think, what gets you a lot of money? You're like, oh, investment banking sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. But I'll it's, do that. Yeah. It never works like that, though. Yeah. Um, and I was about to, I was about to leave. Um, and I was talking to my friend, mm-hmm. uh, who's also now my co-founder. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I, I'm not going to make it Did you know him here. before China? No, I didn't know him before China. China. I, I met him, yeah, I met him in China. He ended up, uh, he lives in the same building as I live now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just became really good friends because I met him through another friend that I met at a party. Yeah. And, and then I ended up becoming that guy's roommate, or just, I slept mm-hmm. on his couch. Same yeah. roommate, it sounds more <laughs> glamorous, but I just wasn't paying rent. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, 
Um, and then we started just playing a bunch of video games and hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing some work together. We actually did a, a little podcast for a little while. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, he was running a consultancy English training company, essentially. Mm-hmm. I was helping him out doing that. And I told him, I'm gonna, I, I can't make it in China. I'm going to leave. And he's like, ah, I really want you to stay. Here's some money to pay rent. Oh, you know. So he lent me some money. And then I found a job at teaching English at a high school. And that just nice. sort of grounded me for a while. Yeah. Um, so. But the thing is, teaching English in China is great. You can make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a very valuable thing that you're doing. Teaching is yeah. always, if you're a good teacher, it's, that's that's amazing. But the problem is I feel like there's very little upward mobility yeah. with, with teaching in China. And I, so you, you teach in China. You, I'm not qualified to be a teacher. No. I'd like to think I was a good teacher. Yeah. Um, but I, I I did that. And I started teaching economics, uh, the subject of macroeconomics, and yeah. which I was like, okay, that's better. I'm doing something yeah. in my field, keeping me a little bit more fresh. But even then, I'm not qualified really to be a teacher of macroeconomics. Mm-hmm. Only in China. How old were the students about high school? The right? students, yeah, yeah, were 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I just kind of had this midlife cri- or quarter life crisis. <laughs> Uh, I was like, my God, what am I going to, what am I doing in my yeah. life? Is, uh, am I going to be teaching China, uh, teaching English in China for the yeah. rest of my life? This isn't what I want to do. But then I started thinking my, my skill set is becoming yeah. obsolete. My, my resume is mm-hmm. rather dry. Yeah. I, I have nothing except random jobs. Yeah. Fake jobs essentially mm-hmm. in China. Uh, and, but the idea of going back to the U.S. Uh, scared me too much to restart everything. Yeah, and I think a lot of expats experience this. Uh, I'm sure because yeah. it's like you can flourish here. On yeah, yeah, just by much being nothing. right by just <laughs> living off the fact that you are a foreigner. Yeah, uh, it's, but I mean, you, uh, you go back to to America and they're like, "What did you do for the past five years?" It's like, well, I spoke my own language. It's like, yeah. Well, I guess I, I wonder if it's like I mean, obviously, anyone I feel like that was abroad mm-hmm. in most country, most non-speaking countries, when they hear English teacher, they'll know like what we kind of mean but I guess for mm-hmm. some people it might that's that's the thing I think it's a, but yeah I think I think the bigger issue is like there's so many English teacher jobs mm-hmm. that like you don't really know what that means right uh, right like yeah. I briefly when I was in Japan taught English for about two months and it was horrible mm-hmm. like it was like it wasn't the same people there wasn't like a curriculum it was like I would just show up on the weekend like like today your students are uh, these five people and I do like one hour tutor lessons right. but I've never like worked with them before I don't know what chapter they're on it'd just be like today's lesson is and then they would like give me a random phrase and it's like teach that for an hour like, <laughs> what is this shit and it's like yeah. you give me no time to prepare like I'm not even that good with English to begin <laughs> with like my grammar is shit I'm just yeah. like alright I can't handle this yeah I mean that's true there's just uh, the, the problem is they're just the demand is simply too high in yeah. China there's just too many Chinese so that way they they can't ensure quality so yeah. I mean English teacher can mean anything you know you can be a fantastic teacher really teaching kids mm-hmm. how to write well yeah. and, you know and, and really grasp the English language or you can just be this person that comes in and be like hey that's uh, what it was for me. Like, it was never, like <laughs> I was a native English teacher. Right. Like, I remember a Filipino guy also applied at this thing, and he spoke fluent English, mm. probably much smarter than me, but they did not give him the job. Right, because he didn't he have didn't the four look, Yeah, he didn't look mm. white, and he didn't have a English, like, he had a slight, mm. you know, accent, and it's just like, uh, it's this place. Mm. Like, I remember one time I had a kid, he was probably, like, seven or eight, and it was just like, oh, yeah, what should I, like, teach him? And they're like, just, you know, 
play with him for an hour. Mm. Like, basically just, like, babysit him. His parents are paying. It's just like, all right, so I'm just wasting these people's money. Like, yeah. <laughs> feels so shitty. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's that... In China, you have a bit of a... There's a bit of a stigma around mm-hmm. English teaching. Yeah. Uh, which I think is not really fair, but you do start to feel... At least I felt it. Mm-hmm. I felt like... Uh, it, it started feeling inadequate, in yeah. a sense. It's just like, okay. It depends on if you like, like, want to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some people... Wanted to do it, yeah. Keep doing it, uh, yeah. I want to make sure I don't put an impression that I'm, yeah. No, we've on talked about it before. Yeah. Like, it's it does have a stigma, like, yeah. it's a kind of a joke, mm. but it's like, yeah, but if you want to teach, yeah, like it's, it, it's teach, a great and, thing to do. And if you if get like good. a job at like a legit school, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, where do you teach English, right? You can make bank, I mean, but right. I think it's also like the same as like bartending or waitressing, where like some people love it, mm-hmm. they will do it forever. That's great, but some people like get just comfortable, mm-hmm. and it's like you didn't want to do this, right. but it's just... it pays well enough that you're just like, and, and, and six years later you're like, oh shit, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then you're too scared to make the change yeah. because uh, you're afraid what will you know yeah. will I be able to find something better? Um, and and I was in that boat, mm-hmm. and I, I'm glad that I I jumped ship. Yeah, you know that I was just like. Okay. Even though now, you know, I have a company that's, we're doing quite well. We have about 30 employees, but I was making more money as an English teacher than I am now. Mm -hmm. I mean, in part, I, I, I personally, me and my two co-founders, we take low salaries on purpose because. That's the potential of. Yeah. You want to kind of lead by example as well. So, um, they're right. And it's the potential, but, um, yeah. What was he saying? Uh, <laughs> well, just, uh, you know, you're doing English teaching, right? And then what broke you? Yeah, step out of that. Like, yeah, yeah. So it just that making that that leap was was terrifying, but mm-hmm. I, I I'm so glad that I did it. Yeah, I, I I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have this idea to start Bao Pals right yeah. from the get go. I just knew I needed to get out of teaching. Yeah, and I was looking around. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, so I started some crazy things. I, I me and my my roommate, we try to start running a bar out of my my <laughs> yeah. ap- our apartment. How did that go? Uh, it surprisingly it it did all right. Yeah. But it was just so much work, you know. And it was and it's just not a healthy lifestyle. I, <laughs> I was teaching like we were doing like a barbecue and like a bar thing on were Thursday like night. Self promoting via like WeChat or was like yeah we had flyers it, going around. Some yeah. even I think it was even like in City Weekend picked really? it up or something. I what was your pitch? Just like well, it, it, it was the bar. It was the view. I had an yeah. amazing view and this huge balcony, um, and so we just spruced up the place really nice and we just went all out. We had a DJ. We had like a Latin yeah. performer on the balcony. Oh we had like bar girls and just uh, two bars it's like know. a real thing. Like we try to make it real but it's weird yeah. because you just go into an apartment and yeah. come well, that's out what I was and like, it's like this is just like a hot spot like did you eventually have regulars and such yeah like, kind of i mean we we would it's, the the thing is we had there's also promoters involved as well so there's just okay. too many people involved yeah so at a night we may bring in like ten thousand rmb in revenue and just selling uh you know drinks yeah. at my home and and like barbecue food mm. But then you have to pay out the DJ, yeah. pay out the like promoters, how much do you make, the yeah. cost, and then I'm like, good job, everybody. We each made 150 RMB. <laughs> yeah. And that only took two days worth of work. Yeah. You know? um, but it was gratifying to see that we were able to pull something off. Yeah. But then I was, we would do something like this on Thursday night, and I'd have class at 8 a.m. on yeah. Friday. 
and there's a, a Chinese guy passed out in my apartment that's at four in the morning. That kind of stuff. You know? It's <laughs> real fun when you're in it, and that's like working it. And the hour it. hits, you're like, oh, this is my house, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it. go home, people. That's what I always. I've never, thankfully, worked any sort of late night or thing where people drink. Like mm. I worked in food service, but it was always like a deli or a sandwich place, like very tame. But I always picture like working at a bar or even a restaurant. It's just like the highs are really high, mm. but the lows are like really low. Like yeah. working at a bar must be very fun at times and then very shitty at times. Yeah, mostly shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty exhausting because you don't get to enjoy it as much yeah. when there's so many people to take so care of and things on, that yeah. might go wrong. Someone clogged up the toilet, there's someone broke this or yeah. that. So, yeah. So it was clear that wasn't scalable either. We weren't yeah. making money. So it's like, okay, we got to kill this project. Um, and so we, the bar thing lasted like three months. And it was pretty, I think, impressive that we were able to pull it off. Yeah, three months. Yeah. And, <laughs> the, the problem also became the cops. Well, that's just, that's yeah. what I was more thinking. Is like, how did you get away with all this? Like, yeah, for a while, we, well, we flew under the radar. But then it started. Because we were even part of like a pub crawl. So like this <laughs> double-decker party bus would pull up to our it's apartment complex and yeah. roll up and... 50 kids would roll out and just yeah. smash my apartment and then leave. And yeah. so, <laughs> that sounds like more of it. you got to keep it a low key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that didn't speak, work out. Speak easy. Than a, yeah, you know, than a, that would have been better. But I, I'm glad I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then I tried doing a Airbnb because I still had this great apartment. Yeah. Was like, um, but then basically I'm running a hostel uh, out of my apartment. I didn't really get to enjoy my, my home because yeah. I have guests there all the time and I'm always... Did you did you try them. to like take it uh, like seriously more or less like you know really like yeah I did we've been to a few Airbnbs that were like just somebody spare room versus we've also been to ones that were like clearly this person bought like three apartments mm. and it's basically a hotel like they run like, yeah they like refill it and like I think we did a pretty decent job but mm-hmm. I, I was just getting worn thin I got another apartment across the hall um, so that I could fill yeah. out this great one with the view yeah. for airbnb oh, and it nice. was it was filling up but it was also just still a lot of work and, and just not making enough money basically That's what I was gonna, like is it worth it <laughs> no you, you end up if you're lucky you pay for rent but you could yeah. make way more money tutoring english in the mm-hmm. evenings or on working. the weekends <laughs> yeah working exactly um so I, after a couple months of that i realized it's not gonna work and it's I also was, quite i would assume unstable yeah yeah it is it's, it was just i just wasn't pleasant and mm. It was my my roommate, the one I was doing all this with. Mm-hmm. He he, I was traveling with my friends during the summer, and he messaged me. He's like, you know what? I, I want to start working on apps. Come up with some app ideas. Yeah. Um, and I was on the train. I was just like uh, writing down everything that I could think of that was a pain point for expats. Nice. Um, now, did, was he was he a developer at all? Yeah, he was oh, a he developer. Was, okay. So he was a, he was a coder. So that, that's one of the things I always wonder is like. People who start apps are like, because obviously tech is the biggest industry right, right now. So everyone's like, because also the big like money, like what do you call it? like the you know yeah people see dollar signs these crazy apps. stories yeah, yeah, like yeah. blah blah blah. They're all apps. Yeah, so yeah. We need to do an app, but it's like I just picture like in my mind it's so weird like the two business guys but have like no tech background. Mm. They're just like we should do an app. It's yeah, like, all right. Yeah, yeah. who's gonna do it for you? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not exactly. doing it. But I've also yeah. heard stories of like people going to like pitch investor meetings with like literary sketches, mm. and it's just like, what? How do you actually get money for that? Like, yeah, there's definitely a, there's a startup bubble, and yeah. I think we kind of we rode that a little bit, yeah. not in terms of it's investment. Still going, like, you know. Yeah, but I think that's one of the great things about China or Shanghai is mm-hmm. the 
the entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. Um, it's so many people come out here and I think they go through similar phases that yeah. I may go through and all of a sudden think, you know, I need to do something more. Mm-hmm. And living in a foreign country, uh, you can identify pain points, which yeah. th- this is, that's, that's what a, a business is, yeah. is solving problems, right? So, I mean... If you can think of something that's difficult in your life, mm-hmm. then it's probably going to be difficult in somebody else's yeah. life. And if you can fix that problem, just getting from point A in to B way, more yeah. quickly, then you should have a you could have a viable yeah. business. Um, and, and the Tabo one just stood out to me as a clear one because yeah. I just know so many of my friends. Whenever we want to buy something, it's like, uh, yeah, I could go on Tabo, but I just can't figure it out, yeah. or I don't yeah. have Alipay. I definitely, <laughs> for the first good six seven months, like, yeah. Just, Avoided it straight up. Be right. Like, I wish I could use you. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would always ask my Chinese colleagues yeah. to help me buy something. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> definitely that. Like, yeah. I feel so bad. I always talk about, I hope one day I'll have a foreign co worker <laughs> that barely our... speaks English that I can help them with something. I feel right. like so many Chinese and Japanese who I was in Japan like, have helped me. It's like, I need to pay this back. Somehow, <laughs> like, free coffees are not. They're not making up for all the help they've yeah. shown me. Like, for for sure. sure. But that, that's why I knew it was a good idea because this was a pain point that I think mm-hmm. almost every expat experiences yeah. at some point in time. Many of them learn Taobao, which is great. We know we know people but, who have been here for years and still don't have like Alipay accounts mm-hmm. or WeChat. And they're like, it's too hard to set up. It's right. Like, not anymore. Like, yeah, what's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, and there will always be those people. Yeah. And, uh, and Tabo, even if you, you I, the the biggest barrier, of course, I think, is the language barrier. Yeah, it's just it's Chinese is such a difficult language that ninety eight percent of expats mm-hmm. aren't comfortable yeah. in the language. Because you can't language. just search. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can use a Chrome Translate yeah. or whatever, but our, our business does a lot more yeah. than just translate now. But and if you've used it, it's like. Taobao, so it's like mm. you think you googled the right thing and yeah. the picture looks right, but, but it's like, Taobao. What will actually yeah, show yeah. up at your house? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's a very complex organism. Yeah. Taobao is. Um, was that your first concept that you guys ran with? Yeah, I mean that was the idea. I I, I told it to my 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 roomie and he mm. he was like immediately like yes, yeah. this is <laughs> possible. And he started talking about things I had no idea about because he's like, yeah, Taobao's got an API. I'm sure mm-hmm. we can use it. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. but you promised me that you can figure out, yeah. you can do this. And he's like, I know we can do this. I can, mm-hmm. we can solve this problem. Nice. You know, we can build a bridge and pull all yeah. the data over. You know, I'm like, oh, we can do it. I'm like, and he's like, yeah, he, I'm like, you promised me you can do it. And he's like, 100%. Now I've learned whenever my roommate says 100%, it's more like 40%. Uh, Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So, so he was like, 100%. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. So I go in and I just give my letter of resignation. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. out. You know, like I, I'm going to, I, I believe in this concept. This, from this the idea. Teaching job. This is from the teaching yeah. job. Yeah. And I was this. This was for me kind of a godsend. I'm like, you tell me this. This is my ticket out of uh, of something. Yeah, I can yeah. do pursue a different career. Um, and I get back home the same day, and he's like, Hey, man, I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> and I was just like, you piece of shit. I've already quit you my job. You could have me, man. Yeah, right, right. You know I was quitting today, you know? And so he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I'm like, well, it's too late. Because I was kind of supporting him as well. Yeah. Because he, he flew out here to do a startup, and his his friend flew him out to do a yeah. startup. And it failed. His friend left, and he was left behind. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I'll help you out, get on yeah. your feet. Well, I think, uh, I mean, that... 
I think the partner thing is mm. for certain people. I know me like would be a must. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, people who do it solo is like fuck. takes a special kind of person. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, people also say be careful going business with your your friends, but mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a silly thing if your if your friendship is strong. So yeah. It's... Well, I don't know. I've never gone to business, but mm. I always think not business, but uh, I've lived with a lot of different people. And I always equate it to that. It's like you can be best friends with somebody, but you don't really know them until you become their roommate, mm-hmm. and like you see them all the time. It's like that's when you learn if you're really friends with somebody. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Living live with, with somebody because that will be a totally different. A barrier to break down yeah. like, all the shit you don't say. Right. But. Well, like, yeah, I've been living with this guy for years, mm-hmm. and yeah. I knew that he was a, a good guy at heart, and and also a smart guy. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Uh, but when he told me he couldn't do it, I was like, well, now it's 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 too late. I already quit my job. Yeah. I'm kind of supporting both of us I'm right start now. Googling my man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we got it real fast. Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of, it was a desperate time, but we found a solution. You know, nice, we figured yeah. it out, you know, it took, it took a while and it was scary. Um, uh, but it was also difficult with because it was me and my, my coding, my, my developer roommate yeah. and we, we lacked discipline. Mm-hmm. I think we were very excited about the idea, but it was very tough to get organized. It's very difficult to start a business in China yeah. when you don't read Chinese, you mm-hmm. are all the information you're digesting is essentially yep. fed to you through a third party yep. and you, and it's it gets you just gotta toned. take their word for yeah it. you gotta take your word for it we, we talked to different lawyers every lawyer told us a different thing yeah um and so I, I asked my other friend the one that let me the money mm-hmm. in the beginning to stay in China we, I talked to him I was like Jay he he was always sort of the most organized of yeah. our group and he had <laughs> the most professional experience mm-hmm. there. And I was like Jay you need to help us get organized because yeah. Teach and I, we get very excited. We start making progress, and then we celebrate by cracking open 10, 20 beers, and <laughs> yeah. then nothing gets done. So he was like, all right, all right. Well, we're, we're, yeah. so, so we started working on it. Let's make this a real company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Take it from this like this great concept yeah. we have, and then we need to give it some structure, at least making some headway. Because the, yeah. the problem is so vast that you don't even know where to start. Yeah. It, well, that's what I always picture that. I mean, I think, obviously, the first and probably best step you took was quitting right the job because you know working on projects i know me like while working so it's just like uh, after work i'll work on them but like the it's so easy to come home and be like i'm a little tired today yeah, like you know yeah, like you don't exactly. have to work on things so it's right like, but having that motivation right when, kicks you somewhat because you don't have a choice like, yeah you know. yeah and anybody that wants to start a company or, or start their own business you have to dedicate fully, and yeah. your co-founders do totally as well. So after yeah. a couple months, I quit my job. Then TJ, the developer guy, mm-hmm. quit his job, um, and it was Jay helping us out in the evenings and mm-hmm. like structure. And I was like, Jay, he had a pretty decent job working at a. Um, a it's kind of corporate English training, mm-hmm. but he was kind of a partner. Yeah. He started his own company. They they bought him out, and um, I was like, if you really want, if you going to do this you have to be on it full time you have to quit like, your fuck job fuck you I make money <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. fuck you broke ass dude like, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah but I mean kind of but it is she's like, he's like yeah okay it makes sense yeah. and that's when all three of us were quit our jobs mm-hmm. full time no safety net yeah. um, especially me and TJ we were living together and we had very basically no savings Yeah. so it, 
And I think that desperation is part of the reason of our success. Mm-hmm. Is many people that have this financial safety net, it's yeah. like you said, it's too easy to procrastinate. Yeah. It's, uh, you, yeah. But if all of a sudden, like, we were like, okay, let's yeah. eat, eat noodles. We can't afford noodles. Yeah. Let's eat potatoes. Now it's just rice. Like, my life is shit. <laughs> you know it's, I mean? also, it's like, you know, you don't have to go to an office during the day, but y'all are like, no, but I have to work. Yeah, like, right. You know, I yeah. have to put in hours. Like, it gets yeah. like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I'm kind of, in that sense, proud of the way that the, the company started because it was from very humble beginnings yeah. we didn't go out trying to raise capital mm-hmm. um well we tried a little bit but nobody wanted to invest in yeah. you know two two alcoholics and some dude <laughs> did you have yeah. any experience in that um in capital raising yeah no, no not in raising capital i i read some books about it mm-hmm. uh you know and learning about uh talking to venture capitalists yeah. and that's still w. one of the things that boggles my mind like the yeah. guy i used to work with in america like that was what he did. He mm. used to work at like, he used to work at, uh, what's that? It's like a giant talent agency. It's like one of the biggest, it's like ACC or CAC, something mm. like that. CAA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, but anyway, like he's done all that stuff and he was always like, you know, he could pull funding out of fucking nowhere. Like yeah. he could stretch it and like find funding somewhere. It's like, how do you do this? <laughs> like, yeah, I think once you have that sort of the connections yeah. and the, the familiarity with the the VC world, then mm-hmm. it is it is a lot easier. Um, but at the same time, I'm glad that we didn't we try to raise a yeah. large amount of funds. And I, that was kind of my focus a little bit in the beginning. I was thinking, and this is also a very weird concept of a business, mm-hmm. a weird stage, is yeah. the, the concept of evaluating, giving evaluation yeah. to an idea. You know, you, because essentially you have no, no cash flow. You have yeah. no income statements of any sort. There's no way to make any type of financial projections or mm-hmm. to really assess the viability of the company when there's, the company doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're pitching people an idea. And so you have to arbitrarily si- assign a value to it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we first started the company, it was like, okay, how much is this idea worth? Yeah. That's a weird thing to kind yeah, of... I wouldn't even know where to start. Right, but that's what you have to assign yeah. a value if you're going to be raising money for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I just said, okay, 10 million RMB, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much for me, 10 million RMB is an astronomical sum yeah. at the time. And it's, it still is a very, very large number, I think. Um, the potential of it. Right, the potential that I value. Right now, I think at this current stage of the company, mm-hmm. which there isn't a company, yeah. just the idea itself is 10 million and you have to believe in us enough yeah. To to create this thing, this idea, you know, um, and uh, we had a few friends that gave like ten thousand, twenty thousand, yeah. and so we were able to raise a little bit just to keep mm-hmm. paying rent and focus on the yeah. product. But once uh, we got to the point where the product was done, and we released it, um, well, actually, it wasn't that easy. <laughs> when, when we released it, nobody wanted to use it. <laughs> you yeah. know, nobody wanted, and it's. And I think we were naive to think that we we solved the problem of yeah. Taba. It's it's going to market itself. Mm-hmm. It, we're going to be making millions in yeah. within days, you know. Um, and the reality is, it's always much more difficult than you think. Um, it's, especially when you create a platform where you 
There's no record of it. There's nobody yeah. can do any research. Someone's there to validate it. Yeah, and you're asking, you're paying, right. giving money to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like trust yeah. us, give us your money, and we'll give you a product. Nobody yeah. knows if it's going to actually yeah. work or not. It'll come to your house. Yeah, right, right. Trust us. <laughs> trust that'll, us. that'll happen. Um, so we we turned site went live, and we actually had a beta key on the beginning because we we're like, well, we got to yeah. slow the flow of people coming in. Because there's going to be so yeah. many people. Um, and three days went by without a single order and then we're like, okay, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but slowly it started. A few people mm-hmm. used it. How are you worked. promoting? Like just word of mouth or trying or, to like yeah. ads and stuff? Originally just word of mouth. Yeah. It was just telling our friends we, and then even our friends wouldn't try mm-hmm. it at first. And then a few started doing it and told their friends. Um, but I just think about that, like, again, with these companies, like, here, there's so many expats. Mm. I feel like there's ideas that, like, you meet so many expats, and you're like, man, if someone actually did that, it would be huge. Yeah. And if someone does it, it's like, nah, I don't use that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what happened? I've yeah. definitely met 500 people. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Where are they all? Yeah, exactly. But uh, eventually, I think about a month in after launching, we got, I believe it was That's, that's Max, that's Shanghai. Okay. Uh, wrote an article about us. Nice. Um, and that immediately gave us, validated us. Now people yeah. that would Google us could see it and, uh, you know, uh, that, right, yeah. media has vouched for it. Um, and then it was, after that, it sort of kept us safe and we started just nice. keep on moving up from there. Yeah. Yeah. How long has it been going since you pushed it live? Yeah, so we started March 1st, 2016. And so that's, what, again, a year, yeah, year and a half, yeah. 18 months. Yeah, it's crazy. The, the first year, I, I didn't take a, get a single day off. 2016, yeah. literally 365 days of the year. Because, yep. I mean, working up to that launch date, beginning of March, and then once we launched, that's when the work really kicked in. Mm-hmm. Because we... Now you got to keep up with it. Yeah, now you, now you got processes to, to build, you, you know. actual customers. We have actual customers, right? And I, I was on customer service yeah. oh. every single day uh, for six months straight. Yeah. You know, it's just every day log in and be like, hey, what's awesome? How can I help you out? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah we were um, just a, a friend of ours from San Francisco was in town a couple weeks ago. And he's at a new startup, and I guess out there, <clears throat> that does um, basically taking machining, mm-hmm. like actual like machining versus 3D printing, and like bring it into tech so you can like order parts online, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how is that? He's like, it was cool. We used to get to like play with the machining things and make things for ourselves, but now we have customers, so we're too busy. I was like, yeah, those pesky customers. <laughs> That's the worst part of having a company. It's when yeah. you start having customers. Yeah. I mean, now we're beyond that stage where, yeah. of course, we love the amount of customers because I'm not as involved in the operations as much anymore as I used to. But yeah, in the beginning, it was... I mean, I loved it. that, that 2016 flew by so quickly because... Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was my baby, you yeah. know, Bob. I was, and so every customer I cared about so much, and I always told, I think we they had a great experience mm-hmm. when we were talking with them. Always made sure every customer either got the product or their money back. Yeah, um, that's and super important. It is, and I think that's a, another a good thing about if you're going to run a company is don't ever think you can throw money at it and hire mm-hmm. people to do the work for you. Yeah. You know your product better than anybody else, and you have to be the one to protect it. At and least you to, have to know your product, like, right? Yeah. You've definitely met people who like don't even know their own product. Mm. It's like, come on. Yeah. yeah. No, I've met like, a I bet a lot. You didn't program it, but like. Yeah, you have you to know at least how it works. Um, right. Like, yeah. Uh, I took. So I had it a little bit later than you, but I also had my quarter life crisis. Mm. I was probably maybe like 27, 26. Oh, uh, yeah. It was funny on 
like so I turned 30 this year in January and people like oh you like 30 big number I was like no because I had my like 30 what am I doing with my life two years ago right but uh so I started doing engineering stuff mm-hmm. um and yeah there was like I met a guy in that class and then I met another guy later who like they were learning engineering like from scratch but like knew a little bit but like in the same classes as me but these were like 40 year old dudes who like run companies one guy works for twitter makes a million dollars a quarter jesus but it was like he he got to a point where he's like i need to start knowing what my engineers are talking about like even on a basic level yeah. like it's just like i need to learn engineering so i can talk to engineers <laughs> like, my company. like i need to fucking be able to talk to my employees so, yeah you know it's good to see i think people at least doing that like, right you know, like yeah, knowing I, their product in some way, whether it's the product side or the development side. Right. Like, I mean, I, I was. I'm. I'm not a developer, yeah. but I, I live with uh, my yeah. our, our head of tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm. I feel like I understand the product I well. Like, I'm sure you've just, learned a lot more than like you even realize. Yeah, like, and I did do a few courses just to understand mm-hmm. do some yeah. basic HTML, CSS yeah. stuff. You even know. that is like. Yeah. No. Just so I could kind of grasp the the yeah. magnitude of some problems What's that we're working yeah. on, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I run into that a lot. I do all front end, so it's a lot HTML, CSS, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. people like product or development people, not development obviously, but product bosses come up and it's like, mm-hmm. "Can we do this?" Or like, "Is it hard to do this?" Yeah, and you just say, like, "Oh it's god!" Like, it, and it's either it's either way super easy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I could do that in a minute. Like, yeah. or it's just like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Like, right. That, that sounds super easy, but it's like, that's going to take a lot. Of yeah, life. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I can see that. But yeah. now I kind of, even not without knowing the code, mm-hmm. I know, kind of know whether or not something is feasible yeah. at approximately. Yeah, like, it's almost like the physics of it. Yeah, like, yeah, you know exactly. You know how it works. Right, You don't yeah. know how to do it. Yeah, you kind of know, know yeah. how it, like. Exactly. Yeah. I've learned the theory, essentially. Yeah. It's uh, What would yeah. you say is the biggest, or well, biggest surprise like either from launching or starting that you like did not see coming. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that happened just in the past year and a half, and a single single big surprise though. Um, well, I mean, just because it's on my mind now yeah. is recently this this Chinese media storm that we've been yeah. um, experiencing because. Uh, and it came at a great time because July is a relatively slow month for us. Mm-hmm. We that was a bit of a surprise for us for the first time. Yeah. You know, in the beginning we were growing astronomically. Um, you know, March was slow, but then yeah. April and May were, were and June were quite good, and then July just dipped. And mm-hmm. the reason is because uh, expats go home during Expat, the summer. Yeah, actually, there's a lot of students and yeah, people leave. And so that that kind of stunned us. And then after that, the uh, it, end of August things started skyrocketing again. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure expats is a big holiday bump. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so we we understand our business <clears throat> cycles, and so that was a bit of surprise at first, mm-hmm. noticing the the highs and lows. Yeah. Right? Like there, for example, November because of eleven eleven is is just such a huge day for us. Oh yeah. Like this was our, our first. This was you just we're, get runoff. <laughs> like yeah, but this yeah. is the the beginning where we had no idea. First time experience eleven eleven. We're yeah. a very young company. We're still working out of my apartment. Actually, we just moved from my apartment yeah. to so an office for people not in China. Eleven uh, eleven. Explain eleven eleven to people. Yeah, I, I love explaining. Uh, it's such a ridiculous concept. Eleven eleven is the the world's largest. Uh, e-commerce holiday yeah i mean it's it's only exists on tabo and tmall mm-hmm. it really mostly t- well yeah well tabo and tmall yeah. 
only exists in China, but it absolutely dwarfs anything yeah. you see in the Western world. I think it was like... $1.3 billion? Yeah, it was like $1.3 billion and like Black Friday makes like, I don't know, like yeah. $500 million or yeah. something. But like the other ridiculous part is not only is it like so much bigger than Black Friday... But it's only one company doing it. Right. Like, it's not like everyone has deals. It's like, no one... Like, basically, Amazon.com mm. making a, like, yeah. e- e-commerce holiday. Hey. It's just like... And the beauty of it, the genius of it is it's 11-11, It's called Singles Day. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept is, if you're single, buy, buy shit. yourself shit. <laughs> like, treat yourself. They started treat yourself. Yeah, right. And it's yeah. just like... Holy shit, they're geniuses. It's in, yeah, it's like you think insane, Valentine's Day yeah. makes a lot of fucking money. Like Singles Day kills it. Yeah, and Jack Jack Ma was yeah. a genius for, for creating this holiday. I think, but the the amount of volume oh, that goes through yeah. Taiwan Tmall during that day is is absolutely insane. And for us as well, we knew it was going to be a big day. Yeah. Um, and this was when we were very young, you know, mm-hmm. still in our infancy, um, and we saw all of a sudden like uh, over five hundred thousand RMB go to the site. Oh 24 hours like Jesus oh, Christ you know, for a small a, company for a small company it's, it was a lot that can know? actually be quite dangerous mm. like you hear about companies that like can't scale fast enough like right. they're so successful they die yeah, like, yeah that's an actual issue no yeah we had to we, we were running low on working capital you know because we were having to purchase yeah. so many items so fast uh, that we had to like extend a lifeline and our employees were just piling in little bits of money they had in their Alipay into the company wow. to keep keep things going because we couldn't stop, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like who? It's like yeah, Melinda. I know you're. You just had a baby. You're yeah. poor, but give us your ten thousand RMB now. Because we need it. We'll give it to you tomorrow when the money clears. I, I didn't even think about <laughs> it's that. Just like, like that's just like just get through the day. Yeah, yeah. Because we it's it's a time limit. Twenty four hours. If we don't get everything done, then yeah. we we lose all. So can I ask you about that? You know, it's weird. We can mm-hmm. put it out, but yeah. like so. When they're purchasing, is it like rerouting through Taobao, or yeah, you almost are like purchasing? The, that's a, that's a, a fine question. People ask us that. Like so, when you say like you had to purchase so much. Yeah, the the process isn't completely automated, right? Mm-hmm. Like when somebody makes an order on Baumhaus, the experience for the customer is that it's a a, a one click yeah. essentially buy, and that's yeah. it. But for us, we still have to do a bit of work. You know, we have mm-hmm. some quality control we have to do. So the order comes to us on the back end. We see everything. We click a button and immediately puts it in ready to go on top on Timo. But we have to check your your address. And that's mm-hmm. a big thing for us because expats don't know their address in Chinese at the time. Yes. And this is it was always a problem in the beginning because expats would be like, whoa, whoa, what's my address? Where do I live? They're like, Shanghai, what's China. That? I'm like, Jesus, give us an apartment, so, a road, you know, something. You talk about that. So we just had, uh, me and Beryl did our second an art group show, mm-hmm. and we sell posters, and we did the first one in December, and I just mailed out the second series today. Mm-hmm. And in December, we only had like, it's like, you know, 15 orders. Like, it's not a lot. It's just yeah, like little yeah. poster tubes. But the first one which we've now learned from, we went to, like, the thing, a Chinese coworker helped me, like, sh- ship them all out, and it was, like, we had all the addresses, half of them were, like, in English, so mm-hmm. we had to, like, look up the ch- correct Chinese characters, because, like, they didn't know, they don't know all the streets in right. China, or in Shanghai. Then, we never thought, like, we were, like, you know, it might be intrusive to get, ask for people's phone numbers, like, let's not bother, <laughs> let's just have them at least you put, need that phone at number, least put, yeah. like, a WeChat, or, like, something, and it was just, like, oh, you need the contact for the courier. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was a couple packages that, like, the person was at home. And we, 
my coworker was nice enough to put her phone number. Mm-hmm. So there was one day where like she's getting a call, then I have to like WeChat the guy and call him and like call the courier, and it's yeah. like, okay, next time get phone number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... yeah, exactly. So I mean that that information is all key. And we have to yeah. make sure that it's inputted it's correctly. Correct, yeah. Um, and we we also make sure that the the product that people are buying that mm-hmm. we can we do a basic little quality assessment like again yeah. this this product will ship and it'll ship quickly mm-hmm. we we all we're always checking make sure everything's going out yeah. fast because now it is it is a business you know yeah. that's our now sort you of, have to talk to the seller yeah exactly so a lot of our, our businesses communicate with sellers mm-hmm. and communicating with logistics um, so that way when you're shopping on Baopals yeah. you have that guarantee you don't have to worry about having to talk to sellers yeah. or handle the logistics or returns Which, or you know, anything like this. People's experiences can not be pleasant. Yeah. So uh, we, we, that's kind of what part of our service, you yeah. know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I just lost my place. Good. <laughs> well, it's just kind so, of, you're saying it, it, it cost a lot of capital that day because uh, you had so many orders. Was that just because of like the traffic oh, and yeah. employees? Yeah. I mean, it was just the traffic. Because on, on an yeah. average day we have like, back then we'd have like maybe, a hundred thousand RMB going yeah. to the site, and that was the working capital we had for that day. So yeah. we make sure that there's always enough to buy. Because when the money comes to us, it doesn't immediately go to us. It has to. Clear. Oh, I, I right. see what you mean now. You like, have to think you're T physically plus making one. the purchase. Gotcha. Right, we have to make the purchase. Essentially, you're not sending that money directly through. Right. Essentially, we're trying to do it close to so real you're, time. You're, it's like a. It's an, an agent. agent. An agent or like right. a casino. It's yeah. like you need, to have, you need to have enough to cover the bands. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we always had to, and and it was crucial that we never fell behind, yeah. you know, because uh, for our customers, just they kidding. just picture employees like WeChat transfer. Yeah, like, essentially, yeah. Uh, because we, we have to make sure that everybody gets their, their shit yeah. smoothly and quickly as possible mm-hmm. without any issues. So it's always keeping it very fast in real time as possible. Um, cutting down that time lag was a big thing for so us. So now do you have the, the 11-11 fund? Yeah, well, now we have... Put aside, like, huge chunks of money. Yeah. Like, I mean, now, now we have a... The reserves. Right, now, now we have our reserves. Because now after after that period, we were like, okay, yeah. now we know where to put away our money and hold everything and mm-hmm. keep it safe. Um, so, yeah, that, that, was, that was a bit of a nightmare. But um, I think what we started this conversation originally saying about like a big surprise, right? Yeah, like, and now well, that it, sounds like a big surprise. Like, yeah, that, that I wouldn't w- even think about that. Like, yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm just kind of going through the timeline. Um, but because it is kind of like you think, like, yeah, we'll just get a ton of. Even if you like see the influx coming, it's like that's great, ton of sales. Right, but, like you, you don't realize that. like with a ton of sales comes a ton of work. <laughs> a ton of work. Yeah, yeah, we were working 24 hours mm-hmm. that day, and we just moved into our new office, and we didn't even have proper internet we were working on wi-fi cards which was yeah. awful and it was a 24-hour stent and i was there working for about 20 hours mm-hmm. towards the end just drinking a few beers trying to stay alive just getting a little loopy yeah and i remember we we're like well it's 11 11 we should buy some stuff for our office yeah you know it's a great time to buy things i was a little bit drunk and i ended up <laughs> buying a bunch of palm trees that were way too large they all got shipped it's to our like office three popcorn machines yeah <laughs> exactly we could, and we had to carry all these palm trees up 22 flights of stairs and even fit in the office and we had to saw them in half. And it was, oh but it was all part of the adventure. Yeah. And, uh, so it was good. Not always be there. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned before, again, if you don't want to talk about it. No, no, that's fine. That, like you said, um, Alibaba, who runs Taobao, like actually like reached out in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, is is Taobao adding an English interface?
interface, like, your biggest fear in life? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what a lot of people ask. They think, well, if it's such a great idea, you're basically piggybacking yeah. off of Alibaba, of Taba. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just do it themselves? And it was something that, and it's a valid question, and it's something that I've always, always was concerned about in the beginning. But the fact of the matter is, is the the expat market in China is none of Alibaba's concern. Yeah. It's just too small. Yeah, it's it a is, drop in the bucket for them. And it's, it is. I, I think a lot of people won't get, quite get, it's like, they're so big, they're going to do one, or why don't they just do yeah. one? It's like, yeah, there's a lot of huge companies. It's like... Again, yeah, because like, it takes manpower. And like, right. even look at WeChat and Ali, Alipay, like their apps have English on like what I say, like the first level. Mm. As soon as you, like they have all these apps. Once you go a level down, there's no English mm. at all. And it's just like, yeah, no, they don't actually give a shit. Like, right, yeah, because uh, the fact of the matter is... It is a drop in the bucket. It is a drop in the bucket. You know, we went through half a million RMB in sales in yeah. one day. Fantastic for them. That's like one big. Yeah. One, that's one customer in China. <laughs> yeah. You know, they they don't give a damn. Yeah. Um, or at least so so we thought. So it wasn't a. It, it was a concern always that maybe yeah. they will do this, but we started realizing that they didn't really have a desire, and they had they've created AliExpress, um, you know, a way to uh, Alibaba's sort of B to C platform, uh-huh. you know, so people in America can buy directly from manufacturers. Yeah. But it's not the same thing as Taiwan Timo. That's, like, that's like import-export. Like. Yeah, well, Alibaba is mostly big yeah. import-export. You can buy things on individual small scale, like yeah. a phone from AliExpress. Oh, okay. Um, but the, they have a problem with with trust and, uh, you yeah, know, communication sure. still. So they're not that big internationally. Yeah. Um, so uh, we were just fine plugging along. Um and became less and less of concern, mm-hmm. but it then, then uh, recently, just a couple months ago, uh, my my roommate uh, TJ, the the developer, the mm-hmm. coder, he went on a date with some girl met on the Chinese Tinder yeah. Tan Tan, <laughs> um, and she was a journalist, a Chinese journalist, um, and I guess she became quite enamored with TJ. Yeah, with, with with my roommate. Yeah, and. Um, and so she asked she was interested in what we're doing and she wrote this, uh, ended up interviewing me and my, mm-hmm. my co-founder. Um, and she wrote an amazing piece about us in Chinese nice. and we thought, okay, sure. Cool. Uh, any press is good press. Yeah. Uh, even if it's Chinese because before we had a lot of expat press, mm. we never really looked at getting Chinese press. Yeah. And then all of a sudden after this, the Chinese press came out, then all of a sudden, uh, another Chinese media company contacted us. Um, it was like the Bund, uh, yeah. Shanghai and we're like, never heard of it. Sounds good. Apparently it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, 36, uh, KR, which I guess is basically the, the largest tech, uh, or a scientist, scientific, mm-hmm. uh, technologically, whatever magazine in, in China. Mm. And so they have an Alexa rating of like 300, yeah. you know, so we're like, okay, shit, this is actually <laughs> a pretty big thing. Um, and they wrote about us. And then yeah. when they wrote about us, now everybody was contacted. And they just like. In, uh, interested in like I guess expat startups or like just that it's a new concept yeah 36KR or... is all about startups and it's what a lot of uh, you know Chinese investment companies mm-hmm. are looking at uh, and they're like but they're focusing you right like, you know what? why Why were they so interested well I, th- I think it was just a different angle for them they're like yeah. okay we're always writing about startups and new trends yeah. and this is an expat company you mm-hmm. know we don't have there's not very many tech expat companies yeah, yeah. That, that started in China um, and so they wrote about us, and then it just started snowballing out of control. And then 
um, it got to the attention of Alibaba. They're mm-hmm. like, wait, these guys are doing... And we, we always spoke very positively about yeah. Taobao and Alibaba and and China because and it, it's all honest. It's yeah. genuine. We we owe Alibaba everything. Yeah. And we love Taobao and Tmall. Yeah. And we think that the rest of the world should have Taobao and Tmall because you can get any product that you could possibly yeah. imagine at a much cheaper price than you can off yeah. Amazon. And usually then the quality is good. People have this idea that made in China is not good, mm-hmm. which uh, we've been trying to dispel. Um, so Alibaba, they reached out to us and I, I don't like to speak on their behalf, Yeah, yeah no. um, but they, they invited us to their headquarters in Hangzhou or well, But that's awesome that it was positive. Right. And, like, and that what, would be like a biggest fear of mine is like the day they discover us. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and no. and they, they were incredibly welcoming and very, wow. very positive about what we were doing. Um, and they didn't. Uh, you know, they didn't set anything in stone, they, but they said, you know, basically, we like what you're doing. Yeah. In, in a nutshell. So that was great. Very reassuring. Yeah. Um, and then we, this, the press storm kept on going with the, with the Chinese press, and um, they ended up sending their PR. We had a PR to our office. That's awesome. We did a little yeah. interview with them and talked about <laughs> our, our idea for the future, because we were planning on bringing Bao Pao's global. We want to... We want to bring Taobao and Tmall to the Western world, and we want to take on. I know it sounds yeah. so ambitious, take on Amazon. Yeah. Like we, we, we think we figured out some ways to change the way people shop a bit, and so we what were do talking you think about would be the biggest ideas. hurdle of that. Well, the like biggest the shipping logistics. Yeah, so the the two biggest hurdles with going overseas, we've done a few test orders to like Hong Kong and mm-hmm. Singapore. Um, the biggest hurdles are payment and logistics, of course. Yeah. But if we are able to partner with somebody like Alibaba or Alibaba takes us under the wing, yeah. then that they solve those two problems. So, like uh, Alipay. Yeah, right. Uh, or, or, and they, because they already accept with AliExpress, they're shipping all over the world. Yeah. Um, so right now we're, we're still, we've talked to a few different logistics providers and payment gateway providers. Uh, I think it's something that we can tackle, but I would like to do it with the assistance uh, of some, awesome, of a yeah. big player, right? Um, but the head of the Taobao PR guy came by and we told them our story and our vision for the future and how we want to bring Taobao to the rest of the world. And he seemed to like it so much, you know, he's just <laughs> like, oh, it's just, it's so great. It's so yeah. great. It's great. And then, yeah, now they're coming again tomorrow with a, like a video crew and awesome. camera crew. So we'll see what happens with that. But it, it's, it's hard to speculate. I don't want to yeah, <laughs> think about, yeah. it, it's hard to think about Taobao or Alibaba, someone that big. Yeah. Uh, this giant of a company taking interest in us already, but yeah. the first steps have been taken, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it could be something, could be nothing. Mm. It still seems like a great, yeah, yeah. I mean, great experience and fun. yeah, very, very positive about it. So, and but, again, at least they seem yeah. positive about it. Right? They're not like you guys are gone. <laughs> Versus, like, yeah, just down. coming in and shutting you down. Yeah, yeah. And that well, that used to be a bit of a fear, but now it's it's not really there anymore. Right. Um, I guess I was gonna say change directions but not really change directions mm. you said you have one story about dating an employee yeah um <laughs> that was a uh, yeah that was a bit of a a bit of a hiccup in the in the business and is that your biggest mistake <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was my best mistake yeah, okay. i mean i i'm so glad i did it um against all, all the advice given yeah. to me by everybody that i talked to yeah. <laughs> essentially um, she was a, a girl that we hired to do our content writing. Okay. Um, so if anybody that knows Bao Pals, a lot of people see the, the articles, the content mm-hmm. that we push out every week. And I think the it's, it's good quality content. Um, and she was, 
working for us for about three or four months. And yeah, the how we met was kind of, or how we started dating was a little bit interesting. Yeah. Because I, I always thought she was cute and, and I thought she was smart and we were close together, but just you don't date your employees. Yeah. That's just a big no-no. And I, I understood that rule. Yeah. At least I think so. <laughs> Um, and she went on vacation to Thailand during, during Christmas break mm-hmm. and she got mugged the, on Christmas Eve. She was getting ready to fly back. She got mugged in Thailand and, uh, the guy stole her purse and she hit the, hit the pavement, knocked her teeth out, busted Jeez. up her face. And so she messaged us and luckily we just got health insurance for all of her, her expat employees. Um, and she's like, okay, you know, I, what do what do I do? And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just get, get home. I'll yeah. take, we'll take care of you from here. So she got back and then it was Christmas Day. She got back and then took her to the hospital, got her patched up, mm-hmm. took her to the dentist. Um, and then we're having a Christmas dinner at my my place with my yeah. co-founders. And I was just sort of, I just felt this need to take care of her, yeah. you know, sure. and it was, and it was becoming a little bit beyond. I knew I started to have feelings for her, but I, <laughs> I gave her a very long hug at the end of the day. Um, and that was it. And I expressed to my co-founders like, you know what, I... I think I like Ginger. I think I like this girl. They just blew up at me. Like, what the fuck are you thinking, man? Damn it, Charlie, we haven't even started yet. Yeah, don't dip your pen in the company ink, you know? It's like, they just don't do it. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, because that always turns out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then she, she came over for a Christmas, a New Year's party in that Mm -hmm. day. And then ended up having a few drinks and I could there was chemistry and then when we had a little time we had a we, we made out and then I was like uh oh I fucked up <laughs> and I was like this is and then I was kind of on this path what do I do I I, I could go down this route mm-hmm. and you know that everyone says don't go down yeah. or I could just be like okay but I just knew it would always be weird in the office yeah I was gonna say it's like at that point so it's like yeah so I, I, I committed that step my, my, my co-founders very upset with me they're like well, now we have to fire. We have to get rid of her. I'm oh, like, no. what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, well, you gotta what? find her a better job. Yeah, so she leaves. <laughs> um, and, and so, and I remember my TJ, my roommate. We just got in the biggest argument. He's like, I'll never be okay with this. I'm done with this. I'm done with you. You're jeopardizing the whole company. <laughs> uh, and they, they made a, I think, made a bit of a bigger deal than it was. But was I think. This- Past holiday or the... This was just... Uh, so we've been together since January 1st, okay. you know. I, I count the New Year's is when yeah. we started dating. Um, but I, I took the took this decision very seriously. Mm-hmm. I think because of that, the relationship turned out so well. Yeah. I didn't just sort of jump into the relationship. I think like most people are yeah. like, uh, yeah, she's kind of cool. She's hot. Uh, yeah, we're having a good time, whatever. I went in thinking like, is this a person I want to yeah. spend? This is a relationship. Is this a relationship? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I, I want to do. I really want to be with this person, and and I, I looked at it and we talked about it. and I was like, yes, I do, and we've been doing great ever since. And so I think the greatest thing to ever happen to me come out of Bow Pals yeah. would be this relationship. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I I'm always I'm going to be happy no matter what happens because yeah. at least I found her. I think that's so, good. I support yeah. that. <laughs> A, a friend of mine once said before I moved here, no homo, love over money. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was quitting my job to move here. <laughs> yeah. And it's so far, it's it's worked well. And I think she's helped me become a better manager as well and everything in the awesome. company. So. Yeah. 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 So my advice is to people, 
date your employees. <laughs> That's why you get in the game, I right? I would say, my advice is, <laughs> it's not so much the dating, it's the end of the dating, which is like where the handling needs to be. Yeah. So, just don't end it. Right, you know? right. I mean, <laughs> you just gotta know. And same thing like going into to business with your friends. Yeah. You just have to know yourself and know the mm-hmm. people you're going into business with. Yeah. And the same thing if you're going to, you know, you can't put rules on how you're going to structure your life the way you run yeah. your business or the way you run your relationships. It is true. I mean, as much as it's got like bad endings, mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard of several people who have, I mean, we just went to our wedding of a good friend of ours who married her boss. Yeah, so. uh, <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. good to know. So it's like, yeah, you just don't hear about those stories because yeah. they don't end in public apologies. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. So, besides dating your employees, you also told me you pooped yourself in a club. Yeah. Which, uh, you, you, uh, after I you mentioned, you were like, I, I don't know if I can tell that. I was like, well, I'm going to ask you about it because now you mentioned it. I, I can't believe I told you that. Yeah, was, that just, was your first mistake. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to tell him something crazy. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that happened. Is that were your early days in Shanghai? Yeah, early days in Shanghai. I think everybody can relate to the times when they had the shits very bad in, in Shanghai when they first came to China, eating street food, mm-hmm. and it just runs right through you. So this was probably first couple months in, in, <laughs> in Shanghai, and uh, one of my cousins from Taiwan came to visit, um, and she wanted to go out, and I was oh. with, with Jabe, my other co-founder. In the very early days, and we went out to the apartment. Is the apartment still around? It's, uh, I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah. Anyways, we went out to the, this this club, and it was quite nice. And yeah. I can't believe I'm telling the story. <laughs> and we we had a drink, and I just I felt my stomach was rumbling, and yeah. I had just one sip of gin and tonic. I was like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. But to go to the bathroom, uh, I I, feel, I understand how ladies feel. The line to the toilets is insane. Mm-hmm. There's just 40 people out there waiting to use the toilets while the urinals you can just run yeah. through. But I had to take a dump, so I was waiting in line. I was like, oh, I can't hold it. Yeah. And the, the line's extending out onto the dance floor. And I was just like, well, just relieve the pressure with a fart. That was the... That was the... the danger move. That was the danger <laughs> move. And it was just... Uh, it just... It was just awful. It just... Ex- it was just basically, I just completely shat myself, oh and it was, it was a super runny shit, and it was just running down my pant leg into a puddle on the middle of the dance floor, and it was just so awful, and I just remember, I'm like, what, you panic mode, what the fuck do you do? Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, what do you do? And I'm just like, oh my god, I'm sitting here with shit running down my leg. I just remember, I run downstairs, I don't know what to do, so I just take off sprinting, and I'm just running down the street with just, just covered in shit, and I end up, remember, jumping in a, in a taxi. Oh. Um, that. <laughs> oh yeah, he he was just like, "Well, why does it smell so bad in here?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, Shanghai." Huh? Shanghai. I was like, "Yeah, it was a club. Some girl threw up on me, and now I gotta do." I just made up something, yeah. um, and uh, I was afraid to go back to that club for months because I, I was just so sure everybody saw Everyone it, saw and I was I was like, I, I can't even show my face in Shanghai. It's quite a popular place, and there's gonna be posters of me up like, "Don't let this guy in your establishment." <laughs> That's the guy. Yeah, he'll take a shit on your floor. So I was just like, oh god. But that's uh, that so happened. I that was... like, you know, like I couldn't go back to the club for a month. It's like, uh, what about your cousin and friends who you were with? Oh like, yeah. I ended up having them meet me out somewhere else later. We'd go into a different place. They didn't uh, mention it. 
Did you uh, tell them? I told them. I, I was uh, honest because I, I was thinking I could tell. I, I just don't like lying, you know. <laughs> and they're like, "Why did you go?" And I just I, they could tell if I was lying. So yeah. I was like, "Ah, uh, it's not I like poop myself. I just had to go." Like, okay, yeah. Like, like, we're gonna accept this answer, but we like, you're so sketchy. Why about are you wearing it? different like, pants? Yeah, you know? <laughs> it was hot. I was just yeah. sweating. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I when I got back to my apartment, I was just I just stripped down. And I just threw my pants out the balcony, off the window, and it's, it stayed on top of the roof of some apartment for a long time. Um, but yeah, that that was a thing. Yeah. And but I think I've I've come a long ways. <laughs> You've grown up. <laughs> yeah, a bit. Um, well, this that's yeah. that'll probably be the only time this this story is on record. Okay. So I'll just uh, <laughs> let you know. <laughs> Question is, we normally do a little uh, snippet at the front of the episode. Will I use that <laughs> as the snippet? No. I'll, I'll be nice. <laughs> people have to sit through the whole thing to get through it. Good. Nice. Um, I think that's a good place to end. Yeah? Unless you've got any stories that you want to... Uh, you know, what's next? Well, Baopal's apparently going to take over the world. That's the plan. Baopal's to yeah. take over the world. So we got... Yeah, I don't want to bore people with the just sort of details. our whole stra- the details exactly <laughs> it, it's so much but no. when you when you spend y- over a year I mean it's been two years yeah. since I've been working on this now been a bit over two years I'd say when you spend that much time looking at a problem trying to solve it you start mm-hmm. to look at it and yeah and just in different ways you know and your your mind is just constantly absorbed with this, yeah. this issue this problem of how do I improve shopping for people that did you ever have a, a period of like, because I always picture this being like the nice part, but then I realize like, oh, if you actually had a business, it doesn't really come. It's like, did you ever have a, uh, I just lost the word, like, um, like after you launch and then you finally get customers and you have like steady customers, is there ever like a chill time or is it immediately just like, okay, what now? Like, <laughs> Uh, I, I haven't experienced a chill time okay, yet. Yeah. Um, just it, like never, uh, okay, we have enough employees to do everything. Yeah, you I'm can't. Still, I, like, make, just make sure it doesn't crumble. Right. I mean, now the the greatest thing that happened in 2017 is that I got my weekends back. Yeah. Before I had to work every, you know, it wasn't until around February, maybe, yeah, February, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? The team is sufficient enough, the process in place, you have enough people yeah. working every day of the week that I can... And it was kind of tough to let go. Yeah. But that that was great. So I, I would say that now I am in a much more relaxed position than I was a year ago. Yeah. But it, it's still, the, the problems are different, uh, different magnitude. Mm-hmm. You know? but. Well, I will have to say, I was going to bring it up later, but I want to mention it to you now. <laughs> that I have an idea for Val Pals. Oh, yeah? I'm happy to hear it. So I want to start, maybe I'll do it just one time, is a game show, mm. like at a bar. Like just a nightly thing. It's called the cost is correct. Uh, <laughs> I think Val Pals. It should be cost is correct sponsored by Val Pals. You guys donate weird shit from Talbot. You know, prizes. Uh, actually, that's something I think we we could do. I mean, we actually did a, a Price is Right competition oh, really? with Val Pals at the the Expat Show last year. And oh yeah. People would there would be a product, and then you know people would just guess, and if they get yeah. it right, then we ship the product directly to you. That's you know? awesome. 
So, yeah, if you want to do something like that, yeah, I've always had that idea, and it's basically just like, we'll just do like a bunch of game shows, like rip off a bunch of game shows. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Balpals would be like hysterical <laughs> to like sponsor that. It's just like, you can buy this on Balpals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually just saw an Instagram that someone runs here that's all it is is like weird shit they've found on Taobao. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Oh, you should like, share that with me. I, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. it's called. I think it's called the Tao of Tao. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like okay. something like that. It's yeah. just like, well, like today they had like an inflatable romantic hot tub it's like a two-person inflatable hot tub jacuzzi it's like all right yeah well one thing that we do every week is we release um this uh, issue called the cool cheap and the crazy i think we're on like our 65th Mm -hmm. issue or something now um and it's three cool products three cheap products three crazy products and the crazy products are always a lot of fun looking for like, I, oh, found, I picture that just being a fun one. Yeah, and, and I, I enjoy exploring the depths of the Taba and finding things, you know, like, all right, well, here's yeah. a World War II Navy vessel completely intact for sale, or, you know, you can buy, you know, 20,000 scorpions or leeches mm-hmm. live for this price. Somebody was selling the, like, uh, there's, you can buy a guillotine, you can... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's so much stuff that I can't picture. Like, yeah. Well, cool one we just, just showed was... Um, you can have some, it's like the, the boyfriend loyalty test, basically for like 10 RMB. Pay some girl to call your boyfriend. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And you, there's different prices for how sexy or seductive you want the girl to be. The more sexy and seductive you want her to be, the more you pay. And she will call and try to steal your boyfriend and you can test to see how, (laughs) so it it just, it's an insane, yeah, it's an insane world Taobao is. Yeah. Really an intense marketplace. Do you ever get to meet any people like sellers and stuff? Like, yeah, um, a lot of sellers want to collaborate or, or to no. advertise on our website. So uh, every day we get a couple sellers that want to contact. Yeah. But we're very, uh, at least I'm. Uh, we as a whole, the company has been mm-hmm. very adamant, and, and I think mostly because of me. I do not like the idea of ever selling out any space, anything that goes yeah. onto the website. It'd be, I want it'd be it. hard to like determine like who's like interested in like doing something cool versus just like right advertisement yeah i I never want to jeopardize the quality or the the honesty of the website so it's when somebody contacts us we let them know that you can promote your products yourself through your own channels if you want it through expats like here's your store on balpaus people can buy it but don't tell us to make a banner for you. Oh, we yeah. will decide whether or not you are worth it. Yeah, you know, that sounds like a good move. Yeah, yeah, it's and like... it, it's and it's it's you know you always try to think about different revenue streams and you, it's tempting, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's a slippery slope because once you do that, you're like, well, this this seller sells great products. Yeah. Why why not just do it and make a little bit of extra money by making his banner? It's true. But, I mean, and the other thing with that is like you see, like you guys say, you do a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And it's like part of that is like you guys take the time to like curate that content, so when mm-hmm. other customers see it, they're like, "Oh, this is like legit." Right. This is like you know you go on like uh, like Smart Shanghai sometimes. Like, like some of their banner position. ads are like really Smart Shanghai. Yeah, like, yeah <laughs> this, exactly. This I mean, they don't give a shit. It's just but, their revenue, but it's just like this is what you're yeah. right now. Consumers it's like are the, the weirdest shit. Yeah, exactly. Consumers in the 21st century are smart. Yeah. They're not going to, most of them aren't going to be fooled by it. They, they know what a, what a paid ad is a paid yeah. ad. Um, but yeah, that, that's like, this is kind of what we're doing. A lot of our, our work is promoting good products, bringing yeah. great stuff from Taobao and Tmall to the front, pushing them out on our WeChat, our, our, yeah. our homepage updates daily, 
Um, and, and it's a lot of work, but we realize that there's no reason that it has to be just us curating all these products. Yeah. Um, so that's part of what we're moving with with the launch of the new platform is allowing anybody to create Baopals themselves. Yeah. Like you can go on to Baopals hopefully within the next couple of months mm-hmm. and you simply uh, browse through Baopals and find all the cool shit. So mm-hmm. imagine like you're really into... I don't know, computers. Yeah. And people know that you're into computers and they trust your recommendations mm-hmm. on computers. You simply find the best products or computer products. So you computer can start, per- it's not like a store, but it's like... A- Essentially, it is a store. Yeah, you have your own personal page that's yeah. beneath Baopals. People see Baopals well, and it's like They're something. not selling themselves. It's more just like... It's recommendation pages. Yeah, except you, yeah. you, you, you make money, right? I okay. mean, that, that's the whole idea is uh, you... Um, if you find good products, you mm. start to trend up and people can search through yeah. your list. You recommend your, your, your products to your friends and yeah. they buy it because they know that you're good at what you I was going to say, that's a great thing now too. Mm. Cause like, uh, I mean like someone the other day was talking about like film critics. It's like, mm. how the fuck do we still have film critics? Right, yeah, like yeah. for like indie stuff maybe, but yeah. like, what the fuck do I care about? This guy thinks about Fast and Furious. Right, like, yeah. I know what it is and I love it. Yeah, I'm so not going to see it. And it's like and me and my friends don't are tell like, the other fuck one. yeah. Like, it's like, versus like, you know, some asshole from like the New York Times. Right, yeah. It's just like, Ugh, it's derivative. It's like, right. well, why do you still have a job? Like, yeah. It's like, exactly. I definitely take my friend's opinion over yours. Yeah, 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 I mean, like, you want recommendations from people who are, have similar interests to you, yeah. that are similar to you. And uh, I believe that the that power is mm-hmm. more powerful than any algorithm recommending products yeah. to you it is harnessing the power of millions of yeah. individuals that are interacting and being able to allocate resources more efficiently especially so. when like you say like the suggestion algorithms like mm-hmm. Any new customers that algorithms garbage. Right. They just yeah. don't have any data. So yeah. it's like and they searched one thing and now it's like, you love this, mm-hmm. right? It's or like, your no, grandma no. used your computer it's, for yeah, a while. Like, no, I and one thing. And yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. seven versions of it. Right, yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't work well. Shit. But for example, you you follow um, other people yeah. that uh, curate Baopal stores and know they recommend good products. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you're incentivized twofold. One to the social incentive. People yeah. love when they post something on their moments or on the Facebook. They love checking to see how many likes they got. And it's... I, I did an idea for an app. I have a lot of a, what I call ten thousand dollar ideas. Like I've never had a million dollar idea, but I had a lot of shitty dumb apps. Like, and one was like literally just called Badges. And it was like, you sign up, it's like, you got a badge. It's like you got a badge for getting your first badge. And it's like all it is is badges. Like. Because so many apps and games now like have mm. that, where it's just like yeah, as a side like thing, and it's like this game is only the badge part, <laughs> and, it's like, and it's just like you shared it, you got another badge, you got three badges, badge. And it's just like people. There's are... always like hidden tricks to get like, you know, yeah. all you see is a page of what badges. It's just like... Yeah, people are obsessed with that type of uh, gratification mm-hmm. or validation, and as, you... like, a bragging thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, game, gamifying uh, your your product is important mm-hmm. too, but doing it in a way that's not pushy is, is yeah. tough, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of yeah. social shopping. <laughs> That'll be another three hours if, yeah. we, if we do that. So, all right. Well, Charlie, thank you for coming. Yeah, it's been it's a, a pleasure. Great uh, conversation. Talked about me pooping myself. Yeah, uh, pooping yourself. So that's fine, Sean Tava. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's yeah. my life. Right. Check it out. Bitch, I'm bustin' at him. Bitch, I'm bustin' at him. Bitch, I'm bustin' at him.
bitch, I'm buzzing at him. Ain't no talking, homie. I'm just buzzing at him. Bow, 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 bow. Bitch, I'm buzzing at him. Bow, bow.